Welcome to The Details with Elliot Connie and Adam Frower. This is a podcast where we examine the intersection between solution-focused brief therapy and current topics going on in the world. And we do this because we genuinely want the world to be a better place. So enjoy and come examine the details with us. Adam, one of the things that I've heard you say over the years, 10 bazillion times, like literally an uncountable amount of times, is just be kind, just be nice. And I'm gonna want you to expand on that here in a second, but something I saw happen yesterday or the day before, where I just thought, I wish these people could follow Adam's basic guide to life of just be kind. And what happened was, I'm almost willing to bet my life that you didn't see this, because it's the type of thing that sometimes, Adam, things go like extra super viral around the world, and they're completely oblivious to you. Not all the time, but sometimes. And this is one of the things I'm betting you didn't see a whole lot. What happened, Adam, was England made it all the way to the soccer European finals, the, the football, as they would call it, finals. Did you see that? I did, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's not totally off your radar. I am so caught up. I know that they lost due to penalty kicks. Oh, my gosh. Do you know who they played? Let's see. Let's see how far we can push this. Italy. They played Italy. Oh, my gosh, Adam. Okay, so here's where we're at, right? So Italy plays England in the finals. It was the first time England was in the finals in, like... Since 1966. Adam, what is going on right now that you know all this? So it's the first time England is in this final. It's a really, really big deal. You and I have a lot of friends in England that we're connected to on Facebook. I could tell just from being on Facebook, this was a really, really big deal. They lose on penalty kicks, and England has three black players, and at least one of them missed his penalty kick. And they were under so much racist attacks that the like English Federation of Soccer had to come out and defend these athletes, asking the British people to like stop being so racist. I thought to myself, how could you possibly turn missed penalty kicks into racist attacks? What would lead to that? I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe the degree to which it was happening. And the organization that these young men play for have to come out and put down the racist attacks, ask people to not do it. It literally made me think. So if I were a fan of British soccer and a white player missed a penalty kick, what would I have to do in my head to get to the point where I'm posting on social media racist attacks against the white player because he missed a penalty kick. How is that the go-to all of the time? And do people understand what that does to a human being when race is the thing that people are always attacking? Like, I don't think people get it. I don't think people really truly understand what that does to a person. I'm at a loss for how that is always the go-to. But I find myself thinking like, even in a situation like this, why is it so hard to just be nice? You're right. I think kindness is something that I think oftentimes we take for granted. We just assume that we're going to receive kindness. We don't really oftentimes go into a situation thinking, I'm going to be unkind. You're bringing up a scenario where I think probably if those players had 
made their penalty kicks or whatever, the outcome would have been markedly different. Sometimes we forget how fundamental kindness is because it's so easy to let go of it in the heat of the moment. But I think you're also raising something that's really important and probably somewhat controversial. And it is the fact that you ask the question, how does this keep happening or why is that the go-to? And I think one of the things that's also kind of been in the news recently, especially here in the US, is critical race theory. And one of the things that critical race theory hypothesizes, or one of the tenets of critical race theory, is that racism is built into our systems, that that systemic racism occurs. And I think that that's moments like this highlight where systemic racism still exists, that there were white players and there were, you know, other players of other nationalities or racial backgrounds, but it's the black players who are getting grief about this. And I think that that is an indication of how the narrative around race is perpetuated, even at the professional level. You think about these players, right? They're the best in the world. They're literally playing for the European championship. They're the best in the world. And we still, when they make a mistake, we equate that mistake to race. And there are narratives from the beginning all the way up to that level that perpetuate, because we're talking about kindness, I'll say it this way, they perpetuate unkindness in the form of racism. And I think really where critical race theory comes into play here is that it's simply saying we need to recognize that there is a systemic nature to what's going on, and we need to systemically look at how do we fix this. So you can see that because it came in such a tidal wave, it's not just an isolated person or an isolated event. It's all of these people went to that place because there is a dominant narrative. And I think one of the things that we really need to get on board with as far as kindness is concerned is that in order to be kind, we may need to really investigate or evaluate the beliefs that we're holding and beliefs that are the systems around us are perpetuating. It's funny, right? When you say that, you know what I think about? You and I have been making videos training people to do solution-focused brief therapy for a really, really long time. And so we were about to release a video series and it's something we had worked on. We had flown somewhere and recorded it in some hotel room, I, I remember. And we were both wearing white polo style shirts. And I remember we released it, like I remember hitting send and sending that video out into the world and thousands of people were going to see it. And I couldn't wait for the responses, like people saying, you know, I like this and here's what I learned and whatever. And I remember multiple people criticizing the clothing I was wearing, even though it was the exact same kind of clothing you were wearing and no one ever said anything about you. And I remember thinking like, what is going on? Why am I being picked on for the shirt I'm wearing when it's the exact same style of shirt that Adam was wearing? And that's one of dozens, hundreds of situations where I felt like I was going up against the narrative about race that you weren't. For like a decade, you and I have been walking kind of side by side along this journey. And in essence, I feel like I've been the black penalty kick player 
oftentimes, and you've been the white penalty kick player oftentimes, and the response that we've gotten from the world is so different. And since you bring up critical race theory, and you're right, that has been in the news a lot here in America. Why on earth would we not teach that? Because it is, I don't know a black person who wouldn't say, yes, I have absolutely experienced this. Why wouldn't that be taught or addressed overtly? Because the reason it's in the news is because a lot of people don't want it taught. Right. Just going back to what you were saying, right, about your clothes. And we've had this conversation. I think you have really been conscientious kind of throughout your professional development around like what clothes do I wear and how do I come across professionally and all of those kinds of things until you decided I'm just going to be me and I have to be authentic. And if people don't like it, people don't like it. And I think especially in the topic of kindness, we also have to think about like kindness to ourselves, right? You could internalize all of those messages that you were getting and you could turn those on yourself and say, you know, I need to do better or it's, you know, whatever. But instead, I think you embracing your own style and your own person and and just kind of saying, I'm going to be who I am. I think that's such an indication of self-kindness. Self-acceptance is probably the hallmark of self-kindness. And I think when we get to a place where we can be kind to ourselves, it becomes so much easier to be kind to others. When we go back to that question that you just asked around like, why wouldn't we teach this? I think oftentimes, again, because of that overarching narrative of we focus on difference, we denigrate people who aren't like us. And oftentimes, I think when we feel threatened, then fear stops us from being kind to ourselves and it stops us from being kind to other people. And so I think really why it isn't being taught is because we're oftentimes afraid of difference and fear gets in the way of us being kind. But what's to fear? That's like saying like we teach that birds fly, right? Because birds do in fact fly. We teach that plants use photosynthesis to turn sunlight into nourishment. My point is like we teach the things that are observable that are knowable. And this is observable and knowable. You know what I think, honestly? I think in order to truly know this is true, you have to have skin that looks like mine. And and this speaks to kindness too, right? So let me explain. I think people who have skin that look like mine, we would all say, yes, racism is like a systemic thing. And we all kind of vote that we experience it. Like it's, it's kind of a thing. If you have skin that does not look like mine, we spend a lot of time thinking, well, if I don't experience it, it must not be real. And I think part of kindness is listening to other people's realities. Like something may be true for a, a Black man from inner city wherever that isn't as true from a white affluent suburban perspective. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have to be fixed. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mean that it does not have to be addressed. And I think we spend a lot of time being defensive instead of being kind. We spend a lot of time protecting our own perspectives instead of being kind. I I think we spend a lot of time being selfish and self-centered instead of being kind, because I I think at times kindness makes us vulnerable. I think at times kindness means doing something uncomfortable so that someone else can be more comfortable 
you know, the last several years, I've certainly learned that's not when we're at our best. It would be amazing if we were like, it would be amazing if we took opportunities to make choices that would make someone else more comfortable in the way they lived their life and the way they got to experience the world. Yeah, I, I really like what you just said is sometimes in order to be kind, we have to make ourselves uncomfortable or at least be willing to be uncomfortable. And I think so often what prevents us from being kind is that we're trapped in our own selfishness. Right. I say this sometimes to my kids, right? When they get into an argument, it can be over the dumbest thing, right? They're both trying to sit in the same seat in the car. So it's a race to get to that seat. And then an argument ensues. And one of the things that I say all the time is, if either one of you had chosen not to be selfish, the entire situation would have been different. And then the entire feeling that we would have in our car would be different. And I think that's, again, that's a stupid mundane example. But in some sense, as we live our lives, our own selfishness gets in the way of us saying, if I sit somewhere that I don't want to sit, I make it possible for them to sit where they want to sit. But simultaneously, I impact the entire environment around me. I think sometimes kindness is underutilized in changing systemic things that are going on. If a small portion of us would go out of our way to be kind and to make ourselves be uncomfortable for the benefit of somebody else, the environment around us would change. And so I think sometimes we under, I guess we underestimate the power of kindness. Yeah. And I like kind of what you, I mean, I don't like it, but I, I like the way you worded it is we underestimate the power of kindness, which consequently leads us to underutilize the weapon that kindness could be. Because if you think about it, like, your kids represent such a, a little microcosm of what would happen in society. Like if people would just focus on kindness instead of their own selfish needs and their own selfish worldview, we would be able to make this a better place for everyone. But we become so unkind so quickly. There was a these Black athletes that are being attacked in England and Asians in America are experiencing like violent attacks. There was a story in the news of a woman punching a six-year-old Asian boy in the throat while screaming racist words at him. And it's just like, what on earth would provoke you to do that? And I, I truly believe we live in an unkind society because we all need to stand up in kind of unison and say like, we are not going to accept punching six-year-old boys in the throat. We're not going to accept racially attacking people and this is why i actually have no problem with cancel culture like if you do things like that we need to all say our society rejects this so you lose your job in a world of kindness extreme acts of unkindness can't go unchecked and i think when i see these things it just breaks my heart if you're listening to this podcast if you're listening to this conversation i would love it if today you intentionally did like one overt, deliberate, intentional act of kindness. Like I want you to go out into the world and do something kind for someone who does not look like you and just watch what it does in the world. Like this might be the most important request that I could possibly make, but go out in the world and touch someone's life with kindness and touch someone who does not look the way you look. I think the other thing that I want to add to that is 
you know, we haven't really spent a lot of time in this format saying like, interact with us, tell us about what's going on. So I would also really just like to see like some comments on, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, just put, put a comment on like, what kind thing did you do? And how did that impact the world around you? Yes, that means not only you're going to have to do an act of kindness and by our request for someone who does not look like you, it also means you're going to have to notice the impact that act makes on that person, the world around you, even yourself. And then Adam's right, like leave a comment below about it because we would love to hear how you experience it. So look, as usual... Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Also, as usual, this episode is brought to you by the Solution Focused Universe, which is the largest online training community dedicated to the solution focused approach and also dedicated to working with clients using this incredible way of working. And this episode is also brought to you by Solution Focus Notes, which is the only online electronic health record system that is dedicated to the unique needs of solution-focused professionals. And we are so honored to have their support backing our podcast. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.